All right, it's good to be in the Lord's house today, isn't it, church? Let's all stand all over the house. Turn to page 372. 372. It will be worth it all. How many of you believe it'll be worth it all? Uh, when we see Jesus, amen? Amen. Let's go to worship today. Appreciate uh, the privilege we have to be in the house of God. Uh, amen. We have so much to praise Him for. He's worthy of all the praise we could ever bestow upon His holy name. Amen. Let's sing this morning. There's a promised land made for all the free when our race on earth is run. Turn me down a little, Carly. Broken dreams will mark memory. It will be worth it all when we get home. Oh, I believe that today. It will be worth it all just to see his face when he claims us for his own. Then ten million years to sing amazing grace. It will be worth it all when we get home on the second now there's no sad farewells there are no tears stained eyes there are no heartaches grief or woe there are no shattered hope will ever cloud the skies it will be worth it all when we get home sing now it will be worth it all just to see his face when he claims us for his own then ten million years to sing amazing grace it will be worth it all when we get sing that chorus one more time today it will be worth it all just to see his face when he claims us for his own then ten million years to sing amazing grace it will be worth it all when we get home do you believe that this morning amen praise the lord all right uh turn to um Oh my goodness, you got to be kidding me. Uh, we'll do that last, all right? I'll, I'll need grace for that. Hallelujah. Um, 200, page 200. Amen. Page 200. How many of you believe the old account has been settled? Yeah. 
Amen. I'm thankful for that. And if your account hadn't been settled, you need to make sure that's the case. Hallelujah. <clears throat> There was a time on earth when in the book of heaven an old account was standing for sins yet unforgiven. My name was at the top and many things below. I went unto the keeper and settled long ago, long ago, long ago. Yes, the old account was settled long ago, and the record's clear today, for he washed my sins away. Yes, the old account was settled long ago, on the second now, the old account was large and growing every day, for I was always sitting and never tried to pay but when i looked ahead and saw such pain and woe i said that i would settle and settled long ago long ago long ago yes the old account was settled long ago Born Today, for he washed my sins away. Yes, the old account was settled long ago. And the third now, when at the judgment bar I stand before my king, and he the book will open, he cannot find a thing. Then will my heart be glad while tears of joy will flow because I had it settled. And oh, I like that long ago, long ago. Yes, the old account was settled long ago. And the record's clear today, for he washed my sins away. Yes, the old account was settled long ago. Sing the last now. Oh, sinners, seek the Lord. Repent of all your sins, for thus he hath commanded. If you would enter in, and then if you should live, a hundred years below, up there you'll not regret it. You, Evan, hallelujah, long ago, long ago. Yes, the old account was settled long ago, and the record's clear today, for he washed my sins away. The old account was settled long ago. How many of you are thankful that your count's been settled? Amen. Praise the Lord for that. Amen. All right. Well, we'll just we'll just go ahead and bite the bullet. Three twenty-two. Amen. I told somebody this morning I'm a Scrooge. Uh, amen. Um, I don't get in the Christmas spirit till December the twenty-fourth, and I get out of it December twenty-six. Hallelujah. But we will we'll we'll incorporate one or two along the way. I'm afraid some of you'll mutiny against us if we don't. So 322, uh, Amen. We need to go tell it on the mountain, uh, Amen. That Jesus Christ, Amen. Not just that He's born, but that He's Lord. Hallelujah, Amen. Sing this t today. 
Amen. Go tell it on the mountain, over the hills and everywhere. Go tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ is born. When I was a seeker, I sought both night and day. I asked the Lord to help me, and He showed me the way. Go tell it on the mountain, over the hills and everywhere. Go tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ is born. He made me a watchman upon the city wall. And though I am a Christian, I am the least of all. Go tell it on the mountain, for the hills and everywhere. Go tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ is born. While shepherds kept their watching, oh, silent flocks by night. Behold, throughout the heavens there shone a holy light. Go tell it on the mountain, over the hills and everywhere. Go tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ is born. T'was in a humble manger that Jesus Christ was born. The God of all creation became a child that born. Go tell it on the mountain, over the hills and everywhere. Go tell it on the mountain that Jesus... Sing the chorus one more time now. Go tell it on the mountain, over the hills and everywhere. Go tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ is born. Turn around, fellowship one with another. It's good to be in the Lord's house today.
Hey, William. Hey, William, what time does the parade start? Two o'clock, okay. going to think anybody know a good piano player. All right, it is good to be here today. We appreciate your presence on this uh, first Sunday of December. Amen. And uh, you know what that means? Uh, amen. Grin and bear it. Hallelujah. We're celebrating. Enjoy it. You know, amen. I am thankful. I'm thankful for Jesus. Amen. Whether it be his birth, his life, or his death, his resurrection. Amen. Uh, Christmas should be all about Christ. And I'm afraid that in this day that we're living in, it's become everything except that. Uh, amen. But um, I am thankful for Jesus. And uh, certainly the holidays does give us an opportunity uh, to witness and to share the truth uh, of uh, the message of his birth. And not just his birth, but the reason why he came. Uh, amen. Thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Amen. That's what Christmas uh, is all about. And uh, so thank God. Thank God for a risen Savior, aren't you? Uh, amen. Hallelujah. Praise His name. Uh, so we do appreciate you being here. Hope that today's service will be a special blessing to you. And uh, amen. God's good, isn't He, church? Uh, amen. I tell you, the Lord's, uh, Lord's been good to us. I'm thankful for all He's done. But listen, I'm thankful for who He is. If he never did anything for me, uh, I ought to praise him simply because of who he is. Uh, amen. And all the extra, that's just benefits. Icing on the cake, so to speak. Boy, I tell you, when I think about who I am and, and how little I deserve and uh, how good he's been to me, uh, amen. Listen, uh, uh, I'm, I'm spoiled, praise God, spiritually spoiled. Hallelujah. Thank God for Jesus we do appreciate uh, him. We appreciate him. Appreciate the Lord. Appreciate the church. Appreciate 
uh, the opportunity we have to gather and worship him uh, in spirit and in truth. So uh, we appreciate you being here today. Just by way of announcements, uh, two that I can think of, and I'm going to let somebody that knows more about it, Miss Holly, give us some details about the Christmas dinner. Four o'clock next Saturday. All right. What is that date? Come on, man. The tenth. The tenth. December the tenth. Saturday, four o'clock here at the church. Uh, church is furnishing the turkey and. Okay, now I am confused. Hallelujah. December the ninth. At 4 o'clock p.m. here at the church, the church will furnish the turkey, the dressing, and the gravy. Is that right? And rolls. All right. So everybody else is responsible to bring covered dish, sides. No sign-up sheet. Everybody just, just bring. Everybody knows what to bring. All right. So praise the Lord. I'm excited about that. Amen? Uh, any, ch- any opportunity we have to... Uh, to eat, that's uh, I'm all about that. Uh, went to the doctor this week, didn't get chewed out nearly as much as I thought I would. Uh, amen. Got a pretty good report, but uh, he said you need to lose some weight, and I said, "Tell me something I didn't know." Hallelujah. So praise God. But uh, so do remember the Christmas dinner. Also, we're going to be doing uh, some uh, some community outreach this afternoon. Uh, today is the community Christmas parade. And um, so I can't think of a better time or opportunity to, um, first of all, share the gospel. Now that's the, the, the primary uh, reason why we're going to do this. But second of all, certainly to promote our church and to encourage people to come uh, visit us here at United Baptist. So we're going to gather. Uh, now, I know this is going to mess some of y'all's lunch plans up, but listen, uh, we could all afford to, to miss a meal. And uh, there will be an opportunity to eat a little later on. But we're going to gather at 1 o'clock p.m. at, uh, is it Save-A-Lot there at Town Square? Uh, we're going to do that, and then we're just going to do some, some walking as people gather and uh, alongside the road and, and uh, uh, amen, prepare to watch the parade. Of course, we want to get our part out of the way before the parade starts. You know, they've, they've come to watch the parade, so we don't want to interfere with that. But uh, we're going to give them these baggies. Uh, I hope some of you, uh, you know, uh, have, have we got some baggies made up? We do. All right. All right. So let's uh, bring those and let's, um, let's uh, listen. And before we go, let's, let's do this today. Let's make, uh, let's spend some time praying that the Lord will take uh, these bags and, uh, amen, these, 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 uh, these tracks and these cards that were given out, and uh, amen. Most of all, point people to Jesus, but second of all, the Lord would grant favor upon our church and that we'd see some fruit uh, because of it. Do you believe God's able to do that? Amen, amen I do too, and uh, he can't help but reward obedience. He, if, amen, he'll bless us 
for our obedience. So gather with us this afternoon, one o'clock. We'll uh, do some walking, and then you can eat after you walk, or after you walk, and and uh, uh, and help us out. So praise God for that. Any other announcements that I'm um, forgetting to mention? Two. Yeah, that's the the. Yeah, get up and down the street before the parade starts. That's kind of the, the idea anyway. We can have our own parade before they, before they do their parade. So, Any other announcements this morning? All right, just by way of prayer request, uh, still have quite a bit of sickness. Um, amen. Uh, continue to remember Miss Lula Cutshaw. I was able to visit her. Uh, in the uh, or at Signature Rehab, uh, visited with her. I believe it was Thursday morning. Uh, she's doing quite a bit better, uh, recovering from her hip surgery. The only thing they're a little concerned with is she does have just a slight touch of pneumonia. So remember, Miss Lula in prayer. Got to spend some time with her and Lyle. So pray, uh, pray for them. Uh, also, continue to remember uh, Eddie Bailey as he is in rehab. Um, uh, up at Quillen Medical Center in Johnson City. Remember him in prayer. Anybody heard when he's coming home? All right, so uh, hopefully maybe get out as early as this upcoming Friday. So remember Eddie in prayer. Also remember Dylan's mom and grandmother that... Um, uh, still recovering from the accident that they had. Uh, we need to continue to remember, um, uh, uh, again, uh, Lynn Harrison. Uh, that's uh, another fellow that uh, had been at Johnson City Medical Center, had some blood clots issues, but he has been released, and he's now at home. So praise the Lord. Talked to Karen just the other day. So continue to remember um, Lynn in prayer. Also continue to remember... Denise's uh, grandmother, Miss Fanny, how's she doing? Okay, so continue to remember Miss Fanny Swatzel as she's at Durham Hensley Nursing Home and remember her in prayer. Um, also, pray for a friend of mine, Tim Mercer, as Tim um, uh, has been at Laughlin uh, Hospital, spent some time there this week with some heart issues, but uh, he was released and he needs a place to live. Tim is semi homeless right now, good man. Uh, certainly not by his own choosing, but just some unfortunate circumstances. Uh, he was a part of our Sunday school years and years ago. But remember Tim Mercer in prayer. Uh, and also we uh, requested prayer. We put it out on the prayer chain last night. Sean Pierce's uh, mother uh, in prayer. She's having some heart issues, and she'll be having a heart cath, I believe they said, on Tuesday. So remember, uh, let's see her name. Uh, give me just a second here. Debbie Haynes. Remember Debbie Haynes in prayer. These are just a few we have. I'm sure you have some you'd like to add to the list today. Remember Miss Cheryl in prayer. Mark and Lisa Davis. Other prayer requests this, this morning? Go ahead, Jesse. What? 
What's his name? The guy Metcalf family. Where'd he live at? Uh, just off of uh, Church Street. Yep. Yep. If I'm not mistaken, that's Goldie Arwood's brother, I believe. I think so. Yeah. As they had visited our church several years ago. Good man. I hate to hear about that. Remember the Guy Metcalf family. Other prayer needs today? Pad in prayer. Yes, continue to remember the war in Israel. Many of the hostages have been released, but that um, that conflict is far from being resolved. So we need to pray for that situation. Other prayer requests today. goodness what's her name remember Ashley Rodriguez and let's not forget to pray for Beth amen I think we need to pray for William more than we do Beth (laughs) I'm just kidding amen remember her and her pregnancy anyone else today Amen. Pray for our nation. Amen. Remember Miss Miss Lola in prayer. Certainly love her dearly. Uh, she come by the store the other day, but uh, pray for her. Uh, we'd gotten a report that's, that that uh, the police were thinking that we had some thieves that were breaking into vehicles and such, and that were using our church parking lot, kind of as a base of operation. So, uh, a lot of things going on. It's all a consequence of sin, right? Sin's the culprit. Jesus is the answer. Amen. Anyone else today? Pray for uh, those who, um, you know, the I guess we'd say the less fortunate. Uh, during the holidays, of course, the ark, we had the opportunity to help quite a few people at Thanksgiving. We'll be doing the same at Christmas. Uh, Amen. So just pray 
uh, for those, especially these families and these kids. Uh, a lot of times you have kids that are suffering because of the sins of their parents, and uh, that certainly uh, is a shame. And uh, but uh, I think it's a privilege we have to to share a little light in their world of darkness. So pray for these young people. Pray for our young people in general. Amen. Unspoken request today by the uplifted hand. Lost loved ones we need to remember. Remember our missionaries on the field. Pray for them. And uh, amen. We have a, a lot to pray about. But let's uh, gather around the altar. We'll take these requests for the Lord. If you'd like to join us, you can do so. If not, pray there in your seats. I'm glad that our God is bigger than our needs. Aren't you? Amen. Amen. That's right. Pray for our church. Uncle Kenny, will you lead us in prayer, sir? Father, we thank you, God, this morning for this another privilege we have to uh, come in your uh, presence. Lord, gather in your name and your house, Lord, with your people. And uh, uh, Father, I just thank you that this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Father, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Father, thank you for everyone that's here today. Uh, Lord, thank you, Lord, uh, God, for the liberty and the freedom that we have to assemble ourselves together. Lord, I pray that before the service is over, God, that we would all take time to praise you and to thank you for who you are and what you do for us, God. We're unworthy. We're undeserving. But, Father, we sure are blessed. So, God, I pray, Father, that... Uh, God, uh, uh, Lord, we'd be found faithful, God, in our service and our obedience to thee. Forgive us for our sins, for our failures, our shortcomings. Uh, God, none of us are worthy, but God, uh, we do thank you for your mercy that you uh, bestow upon us, Father. God, I pray, God, for the service. I pray from the beginning to the end, God, that uh, our worship, Lord, might... Uh, be pleasing to you, Lord, bless the music, the testimonies, the offerings, the praises, God, most of all, the message as it's preached and proclaimed, that it bring honor and glory to you. Lord, I pray, Father, Lord, for every need, God, uh, Lord, those that have been mentioned, those that have not, God, Lord, uh, you know what we need before we ever ask you for it, so God, we pray that you would, uh, God, uh, Lord, grant grace for every need, God, according to thy will. God, I pray that if there might be one amongst us today that's lost, Lord, save them. Help me today as I preach to share thy truth. Uh, God, uh, as it, uh, Lord, you've given it to me, Lord, uh, again, I'm unworthy. God, help me, Lord, just to be a messenger and a mouthpiece, Father, uh, Lord, to, uh, Lord, just to declare thy truth, Father. Lord, just uh, moving our lips, working our hearts, God. Bless our church, bless our nation, bless our community, Father. Uh, Lord, all those that are hurting, God, bless missionaries on the field. Uh, Lord, I pray for every prayer request that's been mentioned today, God. Lord, you know every need, God. Uh, Lord, uh, lead it as you see fit. Uh, uh, Lord, give us an answer not that we want, but the one that you know that we
All right, we'll receive our Sunday morning offering. Leah, you going to come help? All right, William, you lead us in prayer, sir. Yes, God. Yes, Father. Yes, God. Yes, Father. Amen. I'm thankful that there's joy in Jesus. Amen. Uh, without Jesus, there is no joy. Uh, but I'm thankful that uh, the, the Bible refers to it as joy unspeakable and full of glory. Amen. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Uh, he said that a new commandment that he's given to us and that his joy might remain in us and that His joy, our joy, may be full. Amen. Our lives ought to be full of the joy of the Lord. Amen. You say, preacher, how do you do that? Well, you've got to fill yourself with Jesus. Amen. Uh, in order to, to experience the joy of the Lord, you've got to uh, experience uh, the Lord of joy. Uh, praise God. All right. Anybody have a, a word this morning, something God's done for you? Uh, amen. A song you'd like to share before we go any further uh, in the, the service this morning. God been good to anybody today? Amen. That's a good one. Amen. 523, let's stand all over the house and sing Victory in Jesus. And your gold hymnals. Amen. Love that, love that old song. 523. 
I heard an old, old story How a Savior came from glory How He gave His life on Calvary To save a wretch like me I heard about His groaning Of His blood's atoning Then I repented of my Amen, thank God for that Hallelujah, sing now Oh, victory in Jesus My Savior forever He sought me and He bought me With His redeeming blood He loved me ere I knew Him And all my love is to Him He plunged me to victory Beneath the On the second now I heard about His healing Of His cleansing power Revealing how he made the lame to walk again And caused the blind to see And then I cried, dear Jesus Come and heal my broken spirit And somehow, yes, thank you Lord, hallelujah Glory to his name Sing now Oh, victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. He sought me and he bought me with his redeeming blood. He loved me ere I knew him, and all my love is to him. He plunged me to beneath here's what we have to look forward to I heard about a mansion he has built for me in glory and I heard about the streets of gold beyond the crystal sea about the angels singing Amen. And some sweet day I'll sing there the song of victory. Sing unto the Lord, oh, victory in Jesus. Pure forever. He sought me and he bought me with his redeeming blood. He me ere I knew him, and all my love is to him. He plunged me to victory beneath the clint flood. Thank God for that. Hallelujah. Thanks be unto God which giveth us the victory through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. You can be seated. Uh, amen. Anybody else have anything before we preach today? I'm thankful for the good hymns of the church, aren't you? Amen. All minds and hearts clear today.
I'll share this. Um, you know, it's amazing uh, how that the Lord puts people in your life at the right time. And uh, we've been talking about that and told you about the man a couple of weeks ago that uh, just out of the blue reached out to me and, and uh, had a good conversation with him on Sunday afternoon and just uh, kind of lifted my spirits up when I needed uh, the Lord to do so. Well, this past week, I guess it was Thursday night, I had the opportunity to pick up some items at, a, at a, some dear friends of, of our family. Uh, just some of the sweetest people uh, in all the world. Uh, they were uh, they used to be mine and Holly's youth leaders uh, when we were way back a long time ago when we were teenagers. Uh, I guess that was before, or I guess that was after the flood, Noah's Ark, I think so, best I can remember. But uh, just wonderful, wonderful people. Um, and they have experienced as much tragedy as any family I guess I've known, uh, they had a grandson that tragically lost his accident, uh, his life in a tra tractor accident. It was terrible. And, uh, you know, just, just knowing how precious uh, these people are, it just really seemed unfair back then and to this day just does, doesn't make sense. You know, God doesn't, certainly doesn't, uh, owe us an explanation, but sometimes we just can't help but, but wonder why things happen the way they do. But, um, you know, and then uh, this lady was telling me just about even her current health issues that she's battling and things that she's going through. But, boy, in, in spite of it all, you could just, and it's always been that way, but just the joy that, that, that both her and her husband have and, and just see the, the joy of the Lord just radiate off their face and and I'll tell you what uh, sometimes you just need to see those examples of uh, you know um, if uh, God can do that for them he can do that for anybody and uh, God's grace is sufficient friend if you'll let God uh, see that's the problem I'm afraid a lot of times uh, you, you say well I just see if we'll just let God he'll help us get through things or get over things uh, well, sometimes the problem is we don't want to, <laughs> but His grace is sufficient, and uh, I'm just so thankful for those life lessons that, that God uh, brings into our minds and just reminds us of how, how blessed we are and how good He's been. And God has been good to you, friend. Uh, amen. That's a cliche that we use so often, but if we'll just look at it uh, as it is and see things as they really are, we, we, we just won't have any other choice but to raise their hands and say we're blessed. Amen. So, uh, amen. Have you been obedient this morning? Well, turn with me, if you will, to my favorite chapter in the Word of God, 2 Corinthians chapter number 5. 2 Corinthians chapter number 5. I believe this is the will of God uh, for the service today, especially in light of what we're going to be doing this afternoon. Uh, I'm thankful for the Bible, aren't you? Amen. Amen. And this is, if somebody were to ask me, and that's a hard thing, you know, what's your favorite part of the Bible? All of it. Uh, but uh, I guess if anybody were to ask me to pinpoint one 
chapter that is my favorite, uh, it would be 2 Corinthians chapter 5. I just love these verses. If you found your place, say amen. amen. Verse number 14 of 2 Corinthians chapter 5, the Bible says, For the love of Christ constraineth us. And before we go any further, can I just say this? If Christ's love does not constrain you to serve God, nothing will. Because we thus judge that if one died for all, uh, Caroline or Carly or somebody bring me my microphone, uh, then we're all dead. And that he died for all. That they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. Wherefore henceforth know we no man after the flesh, Yea, though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet how henceforth know we him no more. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, <laughs> a pretty good verse, I think, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Is that your testimony this morning, church? And all things are of God who hath reconciled unto us unto himself by Jesus Christ, and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation, to wit that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors of Christ, as though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God. For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Isn't that wonderful? The Lord's help today, I want to preach on this thought, the constraining power of Christ's love. The constraining power of Christ's love. Father in heaven, Lord, I love you today. I thank you, God, for your goodness. Thank you, Lord, for the privilege we have to assemble ourselves together. Lord, this, Lord, I, I don't know why, but Lord, just kind of the same theme as what we talked about last Sunday. Lord, making sure that we are as in love with you, uh, Lord, as we should be, as we must be. Uh, God, if we're going to be faithful to you, Lord, why do we do what we do? Why do we uh, come to church? Why do we preach? Why do we identify ourselves as Christians? Lord, there's all kinds of ulterior motives or reasons we might use. But Lord, the one thing that must propel and, and drive and motivate our lives uh, and our service for Thee more than anything else, and that is the love of Christ. And Lord, I pray that that message would never get old to us. And Lord, um, Father, that it would never lose its, its luster or its mystique, God. But Father, we would be enthralled by it. And God, we would be amazed by it. Lord, every time that we consider the cross, Lord, it would be as uh, though it were the first time that that uh, our eyes were laid on Jesus or our ears heard about a Savior that bled and died not for His own sins but for ours. 
So God, I pray that from the pulpit to the pew, every one of us would uh, consider ourselves and see whether or not we truly are constrained by the power of Christ's love. Lord, I need you today. Uh, Lord, I'm unworthy. I'm undeserving. I do not deserve to stand before these people. I am thankful for this privilege. Uh, Lord, and help me to, to, to never see it as anything but what it is, and that is the great honor of all honors. And uh, Lord, to be your representative and to be your mouthpiece and your messenger. So Lord, use not my words, but use your words today to make an eternal difference in all of our hearts. God, help us not to preach through the strength or the arm of the flesh, but through the strength and the enablement of the Holy Spirit of God. Honor your word, exalt your son by way of your humble servant. Lord, meet every need, touch every heart and life. We're going to praise you in advance for what you do. Lord, save that one that's lost. In Jesus' name we pray. All God's people said. The constraining power of Christ's love. And uh, I believe that the key thought of this chapter is found... In verse number 14 of our text, turn me up just a little bit, please. Where it says, For the love of Christ constraineth us. Now, again, this statement occurs right in the middle of 2 Corinthians chapter number 5. And I challenge you to find a uh, greater and more powerful uh, text of Scripture than the one that is before us here today. I want to consider a few of the other wonderful statements that are found throughout this passage, but if there's one word that stands out in my mind, it is this word constrain. And uh, this word has several different meanings. It can mean to hold together or to compress. Uh, brother, if there's anything that's going to hold your life together, it's the love of Jesus. Uh, it can mean to compel or to per perplex or to preoccupy. How many of you Today, say, I, I need to spend more time in my life being preoccupied with Christ's love. It can mean to press, to stop, or to straighten. But anything that ought to straighten your life up and, and, and help you to live right, it ought to be the love of Jesus. Or it can mean to be taken in or to taken by or to be amazed. Amen. And boy, if I ever get to that point where I'm no longer amazed by the love of Jesus and what He did for me and what He continues to do for me, brother, hallelujah, I'm thankful for His love. But maybe the most uh, powerful or, or what really um, sticks out in my mind as it relates to this word, uh, amen, constrain, is the word to arrest. Uh, amen. And let me just ask you today, have you been, has your life been arrested by the love of Jesus? Now, you know, in our world today, we spend, spend a lot of time talking about freedom and liberty. And I have been set free, amen, or I have been made free. If the Son therefore shall make ye free, ye shall be free indeed. I've been liberated, or how about this word? We've got to use it carefully. I've been delivered. <laughs> Amen. Uh, and ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Amen. Amen. I've been 
made free from the, from the fear of tomorrow. I've been made free from the guilt of my past. I've traded my shackles for a glorious song. I'm free, praise the Lord, free at last. Amen. There's no freedom apart from Jesus. But today we see this idea of freedom and liberty being presented as if um, uh, the spiritual freedom that we have in Christ gives us the right, uh, so to speak, to live our lives any way we want to live them and to do what we want to do and, uh, amen, to get what we want. Brethren, that is a perversion of Christianity. Uh, amen. You know, the, you know, the idea of Christian liberty. And, brother, I understand that, and it is a biblical principle, but, brother, your freedom in Christ does not mean that there are no longer any rules or boundaries or borders for you to abide by. Uh, you, you and I who are saved are still responsible to live and under the authority of God's Word. And uh, we've been free not to sin but to serve. And my freedom and my liberty as a saved, born-again Christian gives me uh, the greatest of all privileges and honors, and that is to submit my life and to identify myself as a servant of Jesus Christ. Uh, amen. Uh, I've been bought with a, with a, with a price. Uh, I no longer have any entitlement or ownership to my life. Uh, I am not the one that is pulling the strings or calling the shots to do as I please, to go where I want to go, to do what I want to do. Amen. No. Uh, amen. I have a commanding officer. I have a higher power and an authority. Uh, amen. One who is the, 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 the proverbial Lord of my life, and that is Jesus Christ. Amen. And uh, may I say to you that if He's not Lord of all, He's not Lord at all. Right? And uh, so many different ideas, uh, amen, of what it means to, to have liberty and freedom. But listen, uh, I, I'm, I'm telling you, again, uh, uh, I've been branded by Christ. Amen. I have a seal. The Holy Spirit, amen, the Holy Spirit of God is a seal. Uh, he is a badge of ownership. Not that I no longer belong to Satan, but that I now belong to a Savior. So I've been arrested. Amen. By His love. Now the specific details of the job that He has given to us as a result of the fact that uh, He is our Master and He has given us very specific instructions on what we are to do and how are we to live our lives are laid out for us in chapter number 5, and they are not that complicated. You know, the, the instructions that God has given to we who are saved are fairly simple. So simple, in fact, that a lot of us don't do them. Amen. So I just want to ask you here today as we introduce the message, does the love, the passion, and the sacrificial death of Christ uh, for us and on behalf of our sins, does it have a constraining, a binding, and an arresting effect on our lives as it should? Now, brother, you know as well as I do that your flesh 
um, craves uh, individuality. Uh, amen. It, it, it has a desire to do as it pleases and to do what I want to do, to live how I want to live. And brother, that's the reason for all of this mess we have going on in the world. It is amazing at just how creative humanity can be to come up with all kinds of different philosophies and ideas, amen, uh, which are nothing more than a futile attempt to rebel against the authority of God. Right? But I'm telling you, my life, amen, the, the, the ordained plan that God has for my life is not for me to live the way I want to live, but to live according as He would have me to live, to do what He wants me to do. And, and, and so many times we view that as if it were a... Um, if, 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 as if it were a hardship... Uh, or an inconvenience, uh, amen, to, to, to live for Christ rather than to live for ourselves. But the Bible says in Romans chapter 12, verse 1, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto the Lord, which is your what? Reasonable service. After the fact that Christ loved us so much that He would give Himself for us, the least thing. You know, it ought to you know, just be uh, a knee-jerk reaction, so to speak, for us to want to live our lives for Him, considering how that He has given His life and Himself for us. Easier said than done, right? Say, so, preacher, what's the key? The constraining love of Christ. Something that just continues. And notice, and let me get it out of the way right now, there is an E-T-H ending on that word constraint, which, mean which means that it is not just a one-time action, but it is a continual, uh, habitual practice that Christ's love, it doesn't constrain you one, one time. It's not a knockout punch, so to speak. But every single day as you look uh, uh, in the, as you turn your eyes towards Jesus and as you look in, uh, uh, amen, in His glory and grace, amen, turn your eyes on Jesus. Look full in His wonderful face and the things of earth will be strangely dim in the light of His glory and grace. Brother, the, the more time you spend focusing on Jesus, the less your life will be about you and the more it will be about Him. Amen. And if we're going to achieve true victory in Jesus, if I'm going to live my life spiritually, if I'm going to live the victorious Christian life for Christ, which most people do not, then every single day I've got to allow my life to be constrained over and over again by the love of Jesus. I do for Him because of what He's done for me. Alright? <sighs> We've said it before, but if we could ever fathom what it is for a holy God to love unholy sinners. 
but God commendeth his love for, uh, towards us. I, I, this is not deep preaching. But I'm afraid that we spend so much time trying to find something new, something that's never been said before, something that's never been preached before, that we get away from what is to be the real thrust and the focus of everything we do. And that is the cross. That is the blood. That is a safe. Brother, if, that, if, if, you, if, you, if, if, if the cross ever becomes boring to you, 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 need to find an, you need to find a prayer closet somewhere and get along with God. Amen. Because somewhere along the line, you have left your first love. You understand what a, what, a, what a big deal it is for a holy God to die for unholy sinners? Has that ever, has that just, has that gotten old to you? Amen. I mean, has the love relationship that you once had for Jesus, has that become stale? You know, that's what happens when food, you know, certain foods become stale. Brother, the cross ought never become stale. Amen. Whether it change your life, the cross will change your life. Not just will the cross change the life of a lost man, but the cross should, it ought to, and it will change the life of every Christian as they behold His love for sinners. I'm talking about an arresting, a binding, and a compelling power that overwhelms and occupies our lives to the, to the point to where we are obsessed with it, to the point to where it's all we think about, all we talk about, and all we live for. We have uh, the attitude of Paul when he said, for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. What are you obsessed with? What consumes you? What drives you? What is the heartbeat of your life? Can I say it's whatever you love the most? Amen. If all you think about is sports, it means you love sports more than you do other things. Ain't nothing wrong with sports, but Brother Jesus is greater than, than a basketball or a football or a baseball. Amen. I love my wife, love my kids, love my family. But if all I think about, if I can, amen. Did you know that good things can be a distraction from what is the best thing and the main thing? Amen. And we want to use good thing, the fact that it's a good thing, as an excuse for the fact that it's become an idol in our life because it, because we have an unholy obsession with anything and everything besides our Savior. Anybody say, preacher, I could be more in love with Jesus today than what I am. Right? See, I'm talking about the constraining, the arresting. Uh, amen. It's just like, what is it? Uh, the power of hypnosis. You ought to be hypnotized by Jesus. You start thinking about Jesus. It's like you have a, uh, a, a mean, it's like a, uh, a horse in a gate. I mean, nothing, 
Nothing can distract you. Nothing can sway you. Uh, amen. Paul said, none of these things move me. Why? Because he had experienced the, arrest, the arresting power of the Lord Jesus Christ enter upon his life, not just once, but every single day, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection, the fellowship of his suffering, being made conformable unto his death, for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me. And he gave himself for me. Paul certainly gave us a good example to live, live, live up to. But we all fall short. For Paul, life was about Jesus. Life was about living, eating, breathing, sleeping, preaching, proclaiming, testifying, and demonstrating Christ in and through his own life. For Paul, Jesus was not uh, a part of his life. It was the totality and the completion of his life. Everything that Paul did revolved around Jesus. Nowadays for, God, nowadays, for God's people, everything in their lives revolves around anything and everything else besides Jesus Christ. Sad to say, in a lot of churches, it's about anything and everything except for Jesus. Brother, you, keep, you kick Christ out of the church, there's no such thing as a church. Amen. He is the church. Amen. He's the head of the church. He's the authority of the church. He's the chief cornerstone, praise God. He's the foundation. He's the substance of the church. Amen. He's the author and the architect. He's the builder of the church. Amen. He's the sustainer of the church. Amen. He's the protector and the provider of the church. He's what started it, and he's what's going to get it, get it home to glory. Amen. Are we constrained by the power of Christ's love? The greatest message this world has ever been given and the greatest question that has ever been asked is how or why would a holy God die for and on behalf of sinners like ourselves? And, you know, there's a lot of different ideas about Christmas, but, brother, if nothing else, Christmas ought to be an opportunity for you to witness and to share the, share the message of the gospel. Amen. That's why I become a Scrooge, because Christmas is about anything and everything besides Jesus. Makes me mad. If you want to, you want to celebrate Christmas, put a, put a, amen. Put a, put a cross in your yard, brother, and light it up. Christmas is about the cross. Jesus came. He was born, amen. Not uh, so that he could make our lives easier or better, but so that he could die for the wretchedness and the awfulness of our sin. Romans five six through eight. For when we were yet without strength, in due time. Christ died for the ungodly, for scarcely for a righteous man. One would die yet peradventure for a good man. Some would even dare to die, but God commended his love towards me. <laughs> and while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Brother, if I don't do something for you, if I don't stir you up, if I don't light, light a fire in your soul, amen, something's wrong. You know, Christ ought to be the trump factor in every situation we face. 
You know, every burden we bear, every hardship and affliction we go through and suffer, you know, anytime you, we begin to weigh it out and say, is it worth it? You know what makes it worth it? Jesus makes it worth it. And brother, if Jesus, if, if Jesus uh, is not enough, there is nothing that's enough. Amen? That's right. The only thing that makes life worth living and, and, and the only thing that makes the God of heaven worth serving is a Savior. So does the love of Christ currently have the constraining, the compelling, the binding, and the arresting effect in our lives that God intends for it to have? If not, we need to spend more time perceiving it. You know what will cause you to, to, to be arrested by Christ? Uh, amen. If you'll, uh, amen. You say, preacher, how do I become overwhelmed by Christ? How does my life become constrained by Christ? How does my life be, how, how do I, uh, amen, how do I experience uh, the, uh, the, the wonder of being arrested by the love of Jesus? Spend more time than what you are right now perceiving. Hereby perceive we the love of God. How he laid down his life for us, so ought we also lay down our lives for the brethren. You know what? We live in a selfish world. We live in a self-centered world. And listen, I'm all about America, but we have spent way too much time promoting individualism in America. It's quiet on that, doesn't it? But it's a truth. Jesus ain't about individualism. Amen. It's about others. Joy! Jesus, others, and yourself. But brother, in this world, it's, it, we got the, the roles reversed. And it's sad to say that God's people are amongst some of the most selfish and amen, self-centered people in the entire world. Christians, you say, what does it mean to be a Christian? To be Christ-like. You say, preacher, how do I become Christ-like? Well, to be others-minded. Hereby perceive we the love of Christ how He laid down His life for us, so ought we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. Do you know it ought to be normal and natural for you to put somebody else over and above yourself? I mean, that is the nature of a Christian, to prefer others above me. Oh, boy. But our flesh is selfish. Our flesh is self-centered. Uh, amen. It, it is natural according to to the, to the nature of the old Adamic flesh for our universe to center around us rather than to center around Christ and to center around others. All right, let me give you an outline today and we'll be through. How should the power of Christ's love constrain us and arrest us? Well, first of all, we see our past condition. Who we were before we got saved. Say, preacher, who is that? Well, verse number 14, what does it say? Uh, For the love of Christ constraineth us because we thus judge that if one died for all, then we're all what? <laughs> Do you know who you were before you got saved? You was dead. Do you know, apart from Jesus, there is no such thing as life. 
Jesus said, I have come that ye might have life and that ye might have it more abundantly. Life apart from Jesus is nothing but an existence. The only way to truly live is to know Jesus because Jesus is life. Amen. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but should have everlasting life. And I'm thankful God isn't in the business of temporary life. Everlasting and eternal life. Ephesians chapter number 2, verse number 1, And you have He quickened. You say, preacher, what is the word quicken? It means to be made alive. Who were dead in trespasses and sins. Wherein time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. You, you were a child of the devil before you got saved, brother. You were, you were a slave to Satan before you got born again, among whom also we all had our conversation or our lifestyle, our way of life in times past, in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. Boy, that doesn't paint the pretty picture that humanism paints of, Christ, of, of, of humanity. But God, <laughs> who is rich in mercy. How many of you believe He's rich in mercy? For His great love, wherewith He loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ by grace to your sake, and hath raised us up, spiritual resurrection, and together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come He might show the exceeding riches of His grace and His kindness towards us through Christ Jesus, for by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. But ye are His workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto, God, unto good works, which God hath before ordained that you should walk in them. Say, so, preacher, what is it about the love of Jesus that should constrain or arrest my life or motivate me to live for God and to serve Him rather than myself? Who you were before you got saved. Brother, you ever forget who you were before God found you? Amen? Isn't that what the, the debtor and the, cre the creditor and the debtor? The, 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 the Pharisee that didn't think that that woman was worthy to enter into his house. And by the way, there ought not be no sinner that's not good enough for you. That man. Huh? Is there any sinner that's not good enough to enter into your house? If so, you forgot the constraining power of the love of Jesus. Amen? Amen. The, the, the one who has been forgiven the most is the one that loves the most. Well, we've all been forgiven the same, but have we, but do we, have we forgotten who we were before God found us? Thanks to Calvary, I'm not the man I used to be. Thanks to Calvary, things are different than before. Amen? I don't ever want to forget who I used to be. 
Not that we should focus on our past. We it not ought to be the focus or passion of our lives, the driving factor of our lives. But brother, I don't want to forget who I was before the Lord found me. Amen. Our past condition. How about our present situation? Well, I was dead, but now I've been made alive. I have life. Amen. My life is much more than an accident or coincidence. It has a divine purpose. Amen. I have a commanding officer who has enlisted me in his army and has given me credentials. Hallelujah. Aren't you thankful that you have heavenly credentials? You got an identification badge in the Holy Ghost. Amen. Our present situation, we have been made alive. Amen. I have life. And I can have as much life as I want to live. You say, preacher, what is the purpose of life? To bear fruit. Amen. Life produces. You know what life does? It generates. It procreates. Life produces more life. Amen? Uh, amen. Every Christian ought to be producing and generating other Christians. Amen. That's what life does. Our present situation, we have been made alive so that we could impart life unto others who are also dead. Our current obligation, verse 15, that we should not live to ourselves, but to Him who died for us and rose again. You're obligated to live for Him rather than for yourself. Paul said, I'm not my own. I think all of us need to examine ourselves and see who are you living for? Most people live for themselves. Saved people are to live for Jesus. Amen. Because He died for me, I get to live for Him. That is the proper perspective. You know, sometimes we just need to refocus. Amen. Recalibrate. Got kind of like a gun. You got to make sure everything's refocused and, and calibrated on target. Brother, you can shoot as many bullets as you want to shoot, but amen. If your scope's off out of line, then you're wasting your time. You say, preacher, what ought to be the object of my focus? Well, it ought to be Jesus and it ought to be souls. Right? Amen. Amen. Are we living unto ourselves or are we living for the one who died for us and rose again? He died for us. We get to live for him. Brother, this ain't boring stuff. It's the basics. In our past condition, we were all dead. Our present situation, we have all been made alive. 
our current obligation that we should not live to ourselves, but to him who died for us and rose again. How about our present position? If any man be in Christ. So what's your position? You're in Christ. Amen. You say, what does that mean? Well, you, uh, you, you, are, you affiliate with him. You associate with him. You have a relationship with him. But oh, it goes much further than that. Not just that I can fellowship, not just that I have access to him, but I am in him. And God the Father sees me as he sees Christ. Beloved, now are we the sons of God. And it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we shall be like him for we shall see him as he is one of these days i'm going to be like jesus glorification but positionally i am already like him because my father sees me as he is i have been made righteous in christ by way of justification i've been delivered i've been made free from the power and the penalty and one day the presence of my sins. I'm in Christ. Amen. And oh, brother, you can spend your entire life, I mean, just spend some time. You, you say, preacher, how do I grasp that? Read a little bit in the book of Romans. Read a little bit of Ephesians. Amen. Read a little bit in the book of Hebrews. You can spend a lifetime and you will never grasp the fullness of what it means to have a new position of being in Christ. For that ought to arrest your soul to know that you have a newfound, again, your credentials. You have authorization. Amen. You have access. There, there was, amen, a, a barrier, a petition, uh, a roadblock, an obstacle that stood between you and any sort of access between yourself and the God of heaven. But now, you have your credentials. Amen. You can boldly come. Amen. Let us therefore come boldly into the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Why? Because I got credentials. <laughs> I'm authorized. Hallelujah. I'm bona fide. I'm legitimately a part of His family. I'm in Christ. And Christ is in me. A powerful transformation. We see a past condition, a present situation, a current obligation, a present position. But how about a powerful transformation? Brother, this is not just doctrinal, although it is doctrinal. It's not just positional, although it is positional. Brother, this is practical application. It's real! If any man be in Christ... He is a new creature. Old things are passed away. All things are become new. In other words, my life's been changed. I'm different. I'm not the man I used to be. <laughs> that ought to... You say, preacher, I'm talking about the power of God in the salvation. I'm talking about the dunamis power, the dynamite power of God that has the ability to change the life of a sinner. I'm talking about a balm and Gilead, a remedy, a, a formula, an antidote that can fix the problem and that is the answer and the solution. 
Again, the problem's sin, brother. That's the reason why people use a church parking lot as a headquarters for, for their theft operation. It's sin. That's why we have more people today addicted to drugs than ever have been. The answer is not a 12-step program. The answer is Jesus Christ. The answer is that Paul said, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God into every man into salvation, the Jew first and also. Amen. There's no, listen, anybody can have it. You don't have to, 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 to apply to see whether or not you qualify, brother. You're eligible to receive. You've got a prescription, hallelujah. And all you have to do is to accept the medicine. Amen. That ought to drive us to know that we have the kryptonite. We have the, the formula. And then we have the cure for the spiritual cancer that is eroding at the human condition. Amen. Our past condition, our present situation our current obligation, our present position, our powerful transformation. How about this one? Our dutiful commission. 18 and 19, and all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ. So, preacher, what does that reconcile? That means that the, amen, that the barrier has been removed. The chasm has been bridged. <laughs> A way has been made. A road has been uh, created. Hallelujah. You've been reconciled. Those, the, those who were at odds with each other have been brought together. You do not have to be God's enemy, but you can be His friend. You can be on His side. You can commit treason on the devil. Amen. Swap sides. He's reconciled himself by Jesus Christ and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation. To wit that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. You say, preacher, this ministry of reconciliation, whose responsibility is it? It's those who it, unto whom it's been committed, and that's you and that's me. It's your responsibility. It's my responsibility. No, knowing, therefore, the terror of the Lord. We per, knowing that one of these days I'm going to be held accountable by God when I stand before Him of whether or not I have persuaded sinners to be reconciled unto God. It's a commission. You've been sent out. You are an ambassador. You are a representative. You have a calling. You have an obligation your life has meaning, value, and purpose, and that is to share the message of Christ uh, with a lost and dying world so that He can do for them what He's done for you. Have I given you enough ammunition so that your life might be arrested by the love of Jesus? Well, just in case I have not a simple expression, what's our message? Be ye reconciled to God. Be saved. Be changed. Amen. Have your sins forgiven. The alt that exists between you and God can be erased and removed 
It can be washed away just as if you've never sinned. Did you know what I've found in my life? Righteous people, that doesn't ring a bell with as much. But brother, you start talking to sinners about that, their ears perk up. Because a lot of them know who they are. Again, it's a whole lot easier to lead, to lead a lost man to Christ than it is a, right, a, a religious man. Because lost people know most, and I know you understand what I'm saying today. We're all lost apart from Jesus. But I'm saying, you know, people who, you know, you, you don't have to convince drug, drug addicts that they're sinners. You don't have to convince alcoholics that they're sinners. You know what? Most of them live their lives overwhelmed by guilt and regret because they are bearing the brunt of the consequences of their sin, whether it be physically in their bodies. Their bodies are ravaged by the consequences of sin. Their families are wrecked and are a mess because of the consequences of sin. They live with the daily reality of their past transgressions. So, brother, somebody start coming and say, hey, listen, you know it can all, the slate can be clean. <laughs> the guilt can be removed. The burden can be lifted. Brother, somebody that, uh, you, you start talking to a real sinner about that, brother, their ears will pit, perk up. What, I, I want to hear about this deal you're offering me. It's almost like you're saying I can start all over. It's exactly what I'm saying. Amen. Be ye reconciled to God. Our aggressive persuasion. I like this. Again, verse number 11. Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. Did you know it should be aggressive? It should be confrontational. Now that doesn't mean that, that you have to be a horse's hind in about it. Well, that's not a good thing. Try to drink water out of two glasses on top of each other. I just made a mess. An aggressive persuasion. Persuade, compel. Amen? You can do it lovingly. You can do it gently. You can do it tenderly. And not self-righteously or boastfully as if you're up here and there down there. But brother, it is It is personal. It is confrontational. It, amen. It's your business. Somebody says, well, ain't none of your business. Yes, it is because Jesus made it my business. And I love you enough to tell you that there's a Savior that can change your life and secure you a place at heaven's banquet table. Finally, there's a wonderful illustration. Verse 21. My favorite single verse in the Bible. For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in him brother you ever get a hold of that it'll arrest you you hear me today it'll persuade you it'll compel you it'll motivate you it'll become your life Listen, I'm telling you, friend, if you spend enough time, if you pray, Lord, will you remove the blinders? Would you take the calluses? Would you soften my heart and make me sensitive to the reality of the message of the cross so that I might fall in love with you all over again? All because of the message of 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. For he the Father hath made him the Son who knew 
no sin. See, right there is the kicker. He was sinless. He was holy. He was righteous. He was incapable of committing sins. He was impeccable. Why was he tempted to prove he was sinless? <laughs> yeah, man. That we, that you, that I, might be made the righteousness of God in him. Could say it this way. He that was sinless became sin for we who are sinful, so that we who are sinful could become sinless. He who is righteous became unrighteous for those who were unrighteous, so those who were unrighteous could be made righteous through His unrighteousness. You know Jesus became sin for you? Do you understand what a big deal that is? Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but he made himself of no reputation. He took upon him the likeness of sinful flesh. And he humbled himself, and he became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Did you know that Jesus experienced the consequences of sin his entire life, even though he, he was not a sinner? He experienced the curse of sin. He lived his entire life as if he were a sinner, even though he was sinless. Now, that's deep stuff, let me just tell you. Bigger than my brain can understand. I believe he got sick. I mean, I, I believe he wept, he grieved, he hurt. He experienced the common curses of sin, even though he knew no sin. He was in heaven. He lived in glory. He lived in a place that you and I have never experienced, a place of sinlessness. A, a place to where there was no definition for sin and glory. No sin. But yet he tasted the bitterness of sin from the moment he was born to the day he died. And it all culminated with Calvary. And there came a point in time where he who was sinless said, Preacher, why? You know, some goofball. Jesus in the garden. All kinds of different ideas. Why did he say, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me? I believe he was dreading being separated from his father. Again, that border, that boundary, that petition. That angst, that animosity that had never, I mean, I can't say that. Me and Dad's got a wonderful relationship, but I'm sure there's been times that he's been angry with me. If you don't believe it, ask him. 
That never existed between Christ and the Father. Perfect harmony. But yet, there came a point in time when Christ was on the cross, the sky drew, grew dark, sun didn't shine. There was an earthquake. And we could say many other things about it. But all of a sudden, Jesus looked up in desperation and said this, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Notice he did not call him Father. He said, My God. My God, why is that? That moment Christ experienced for the first time something he had never knew, and that is what it is to be separated from his Father. And for the space, three hours, he suffered the shame, the burden, the guilt of that separation. That torment, not the nails, not the thorns, not the spear, not being spat upon, not being mocked, not being humiliated by his own nakedness, not being forsaken by all of his disciples, save John. I don't think it was the physical torment that Jesus dreaded when he went to the cross. It was being punished for something he was not. And that was a sinner. John 3, And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. I've given this illustration Many times, but I ain't got it yet, neither of you, so let's give it again. As Moses lifted up the serpent. Do you know that's what the, what the Father viewed Christ as when he hung on the cross? Not an innocent holy lamb. Or a royal lion of the tribe of Judah. He saw him as a venomous, vile snake. Holy, sinless, righteous, perfect. A lamb without blemish, without spot. Paul Pilate said it this way, I find no fault in him. Why? Because there was no fault to be found. The lamb became a snake so we snakes could be the little lambs of God. And brother, if you, if you and I could ever 
grasp the magnitude of that moment. Not just for him, but for us. He could have called 10,000 angels. All he had to do was speak the word and it would all have been over. But he did it all for you. And he did it all for me. And he did it all for that person that stands on the corner that you loathe. And in your coldness, you say, they just need to go get a job. No, Jesus died for their soul. And whatever their problem is, you have the answer and the remedy for it. And it's your responsibility, it's mine, to do everything within our power to make sure that they know that they don't have to bear the shame, the guilt, and the burden of their sin because the Lamb did it for them. God forbid that we would ever view any human being as a snake when God want God did everything he had to do to secure the opportunity for them to become his lambs. For he hath made him to be sin for us so that we might be made the righteousness of God in Him. You know what that'll do? That'll cause all of these other things that serve as stumbling blocks and distractions in our life to melt away and to cause us to rejoice in the fact that our sins have been forgiven. And we won't have any other choice but to sing the, the song the angels cannot sing. Worthy is the Lamb. Worthy is the Lamb that is slain for us. Let's all stand. Father in heaven, I've done my best today. And any time I've ever tried to preach about the cross or something relevant to it, I always feel like I failed. Lord, we could never do the cross justice. But Lord, I confess today that the cross needs to be a more constraining power in my life than what it is. It, ha it, it, it needs to have a, a more obsessive and consuming influence in and upon me than what it does. Lord, I prayed that when people talk about Nick Bailey 20, 30, 40, 50 years from now, they would say that my life truly is all about the cross. Because, Father, when the rubber meets the road, the cross is all that matters. Move in our midst, have your will in your way, and Lord, I, I pray, Lord, I, I'm going to challenge my people today that we'd all gather around i know some of us won't be able to to go this afternoon but some will and god would you just help us 
to do our part and to take advantage not just of this opportunity, but every opportunity and privilege we're given from day to day to persuade men to make sure that they know that they don't have to carry the guilt because it's already been carried. They don't have to bear the burden because it's already been borne. They don't have to live in shame because you suffered shame for them. God made a cross from today until you call us home to glory be that which compels and persuades and motivates us to tell each and every sinner we cross paths with to be ye reconciled to God. In Jesus' name we pray. If you need to come, the altar's open. Thus, look full in his wonderful face, and the things of earth will grow strong.
leading in the line of his glory and grace. Sing that chorus with me one time. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. All God's people said, I hope you've enjoyed the service today. Again, for those who are able, we'll meet down at uh, the uh, shopping center there, um, again, uh, Town Square at Save-A-Lot at 1 o'clock p.m. You say, Preacher, I'm just not able to go. Well, would you just please pray for us? Because, brother, I tell you, um, if you want to get the devil riled up, start telling people about Jesus. And uh, just pray the Lord's protection upon us. Pray that God will give us open doors of opportunity. And uh, pray that the Lord would uh, bestow favor upon us because of our obedience. Amen. Uh, amen. And uh, yeah, go ahead. Amen. Bless the Lord. Amen. 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 It ought it ought not produce a feeling of guilt, but it ought to produce a feeling of humility and meekness and unworthiness. Amen. All right. I think that we all need to, to pray that God would give us that that same. You'll never <laughs> you'll never get a burden or, or a brokenness for others until you get a brokenness over what Jesus did for you. Amen. Brother William, lead us in prayer, brother.